happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. All right, hello. This is It Could Happen Here. Uh, Oh, boy. Yeah, we've conned Robert into being here. Uh, for Civil War Week, no less. Uh, we're also joined by special mm-hmm. guest Margaret Kiljoy uh, right. and Sophie and Gare, who are less special. Now, we're wow. here a whole week. Yep, that's we're, right. We're here to start a civil war, right? Uh, that's we're what I've read on Reddit, yes. Start a civil war, Sophie? Yeah. We, cl- uh, we, cleared that, we, we cleared that with corporate, right? Yeah. Cor- I, 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 I heard radio confirm nor is deny. officially backing the start of a, of a civil war. Yeah, we're, we're on yeah. Board? Okay. Es- essentially, uh, corporate mm-hmm. said, you know, the, go 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 ahead, cool zone media, start a civil war. Start a civil war. And we do will we... be civilly and criminally liable for all violence that occurs. And we've been, we've That's the iHeartRadio pe- guarantee. Yeah, and we've enlisted the people on this call who are Margaret Kildroy, Robert mm-hmm. Evans, mm-hmm. Garrison Davis, mm-hmm. James Stout, and myself, Sophie. They are no also all name. civil and criminally liable. But um, do we get to collectivize a huge, maybe like 70% or so of all the industry? Yeah, obviously. I mean, s- some of us do. Okay. Probably. Okay. What? It's like any civil war. You're going to find out who later. Well, okay. We're going to find out who today, Robert. This is my uh, in-depth guide Excellent. into how to beat a coup, uh, start a civil war, and uh, win the first part of it. 
Oh, good. Well, that's the only part of it you really need to win. Yeah, it is. You don't want to get too bogged down in the later stuff because it's just depressing. So we, we just want to focus mm-hmm. on how to win the first 48 hours. And uh, yeah. sort of from there, you can taper off. Take, really. a week, take the weekend off. Yeah, break off. Chill out. Yeah, You're fine. Or just go down as a hero and let everyone else sort everything else out afterwards. I think that's probably the best option. That's going to learn, learn about a guy hey. who uh, dies within 24 hours of the war starting as a hero and gets a gun named after him, which is all we can really want for ourselves. Oh, that does sound like the dream. Yeah, that's that's a that's the way Robert Evans needs to go. Not suggesting that mm-hmm. anytime mm-hmm. soon, of course. Uh, all right. Um, I'm trying so, to imagine: would it be the Robert or would it be the Evans? Yeah, the Robert? Like, what's yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> definitely the Robert. the Robert. Just give him a good old bobbin. Mm-hmm. It, would, it <laughs> yeah. would be named after my next name, my nickname, the Jesus Christ of podcasting. Right, Sophie? One hundred percent no. Yeah, so, no. Sophie says yes. If there's not already a gun named after Jesus, I will be shocked. Yeah, it's probably not a kind of company you want to. We've we've really gotten off, and I I think in all fairness, it's not my fault. It's, no. I think it's Garrison's fault. Yeah, that's who mm-hmm. I was going to blame. All I right, think we've all agreed all on right. that. What are we talking about, James? Talking about the Spanish Civil War today. We'll be Yay. Uh, be desecrating the name of Jesus Christ a little bit later as well. So uh, oh, we sort I of love desecrating the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'd gathered, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll do that just some more for you today. I'll send you some pictures afterwards that you, you, you will enjoy. All right, so we're talking about the Spanish Civil War. We're not talking about all of it because that's a lot. And because I think it's important when we talk about the Spanish Civil War to talk about like the moments when revolutionary things happened because they are as important as the moments when terrible things happened. Uh, and the moments when the people in arms defeated the coup because that's both instructive and inspiring and interesting wait i have a question yeah what's the spanish civil war that's a great question and one i've failed to address thus far it is a war uh, that happened in spain uh, it wasn't very civil so only two huh. out of three uh okay. remarkably uncivil actually so we're looking at 1936 today we're looking at july 19th and 20th 1936 right but you can see it as like the precursor to the second world war uh you have okay. People who are fascist or fascist adjacent. You have people who are explicitly anti-fascist. Uh, and they are killing each other uh, from 1936 to 1939. And the anti-fascists win, right? Not entirely, uh, no. uh, unfortunately. No. Yeah, they, they, they have some wins along the way. You know, okay, some, okay. Yeah, there are some moments. The friends that you meet along the way. That, yeah, what is civil war if not the friends that you make along the way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't answer that at home because it's sad. But... Yeah, these, these are some friendly times. These are some good times. Uh, okay. These are the first 48 hours of the Spanish Civil War. We're going to start with an anecdote about the Popular Olympics, which you probably have never heard of unless you're me, because uh, it's, a, it's a thing that I've written about a shit ton, uh, but not many folks have read about. It's the Antifa Olympics. It's the best way to understand the Popular Olympics. It was a gathering held in 1936 in Barcelona in opposition to the Berlin Olympics. So the Olympics are given to... Uh, Weimar Germany in 1931, right? They're not given to Nazi Germany, but when Germany... Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's Vi- an Weimar Germany is the pre-Nazi. It's before Hitler takes power. Yeah. Uh, when they were actually pretty cool uh, in, in some ways, pretty pretty progressive mm-hmm. for the time period, right? In, in lots of ways. Um, it's the woke Germans. Yes, uh. it is the woke Germans. It's uh, it's like if, if, if AOC was running 1930s Germany, that's what you get. 
I bet they had a whole institute that trans people got to hang out at and learn about themselves. I've heard that, yeah. What happened to that institute? I can't remember. Uh, The Nazis came and uh, killed the first woman to medically transition in the Western Hemisphere and uh, burned all of the books and then stole the records that the people had been keeping about all the gay people and then rounded up all the gay people and murdered them in camps. That's that's what happened. Well, <laughs> that's disappointing. Th- well, good thing that'll good thing that'll never happen again. Anyway, no, yeah. we've learned our lesson. Yeah, there's absolutely no echoes of that in current political discourse. So that's fine. Hey, let's learn yeah. how to kill fascists. Um, let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. Yay! Fuck them. Uh, okay. Uh, so we're talking about the Popular Olympics, the anti fair Olympics, the Olympics that happen because the Nazis are shit and you shouldn't mm-hmm. play games with shit people. Uh, to include the Olympics, even if you very much want to win a medal, uh, take note, athletes uh, doing uh, sports and dictatorships. Um, and so a lot of people, about 20,000 people, instead decide to go to Barcelona, where they're going to host this alternative games. Uh, and the subtext of the popular Olympics is not just that like Hitler shouldn't have the Olympics, it's that gasp, Hitler shouldn't exist. And the anti-fascism is strong and youthful and perfectly capable of fighting a war and killing the fascists, right? That, that's sport, George Orwell called sport war without the shooting, right? Uh, this is a <laughs> war with the shooting. Uh, <laughs> it's a good quote. Uh, George Orwell pops up a few times in this one. Uh, not always right about everything but he was right about that um we popped so, up at the wrong time it's uh, never mind i'm yes. trying to make a george orwell get shot <laughs> shot in the throat now i just feel bad about it because <laughs> at least that's anyway. the least i mean before podcasting the throat was the best place to get shot as a writer that's true that's yeah. true yeah, yeah yeah yeah. it didn't go well for him in the end uh it sort of did end his life prematurely i guess but uh he got some bangers out in in, in terms of books first yeah it can't fault him. Um, all right, so we're talking about the Popular Olympics, talking about the night before the Popular Olympics. You're going to learn what, why you haven't heard of the Popular Olympics, so uh, I guess keep listening. Okay. 86 years ago in Barcelona, Pau Casal, the father of modern cello, was leading the final rehearsals for the opening ceremony of the Popular Olympics. They had already practiced the hymn of the Popular Olympics. It was a song co-written by a Catalan composer and an exiled Jewish one who had fled oppression in Germany. Now they move to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. You might know it as the Ode to Joy. Casals recounted what happened next in his memoirs. I just called the chorus on stage to sing the chorale when a man rushed into the hall. He handed me an envelope, saying breathlessly, This is from Minister Gasol. An uprising is expected in the city at any moment. I read Gasol's message. It said our rehearsal should be discontinued immediately or the musicians should go straight home and that the concert scheduled for the following day had been cancelled. The messenger told me that since the message was written, an insurrection had started in Madrid, and fascist troops were now marching on Barcelona. I read the message aloud to the orchestra and to the chorus, and then I said, Dear friends, I do not know when we shall meet again. As a farewell to one another, shall we play the finale? And they shouted, Yes, let us finish it. Then the orchestra played, and the chorus sang, as never before. I could not see the notes because of my tears. So that's how uh, Paul Casal starts the civil war. Uh, they finished that concert in 2016. Incidentally, they came back to the same place and uh, wow. And, and yeah, it was very wait uh, the same people. Uh, no, not well. Okay. the same institutions, right? Okay. These, are, these are called Orfeos, like uh, I guess popular choruses, popular kind of 
a city orchestra kind of thing. Okay. Um, so they finished it in the same place uh, because in the intervening 80, 80 years, there was uh, a little issue with the Franco dictatorship, uh, which there still is in Spain, uh, incidentally. But uh, yeah, Barcelona has very much reclaimed its memory as an anti-fascist city following the dictatorship. Yeah. I could really... So, I. I can really yeah. see myself in those musicians, you know, like it just feels like a very possible thing, unfortunately, to just be like, okay, well, we're going to do this thing. And then, well, I guess, I don't know, should we finish? Like, yeah, yeah fuck it. Fuck yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Like at some point, I don't know, maybe not like, look, yeah. all of us were doing something else when we learned that uh, a, a bunch of chuds had stormed Congress, Right. And that the uh, the yak hat man was inside the Senate chamber, um, <laughs> like like, uh, like it, it, and some of us finished. I was on a bike ride. I, I kept riding my bike. Like there's not there's not much I can do. Uh, sometimes you have to take the moments of joy because there might be much joy yeah. available for the next little while. Um, so yeah, I think it's easy to see myself in a lot of this stuff. Uh, perhaps that's why I'm drawn to it. Uh, all right. The following morning. The city woke up before dawn to the sound of gunfire. To most of the Catalan working class, this wasn't a surprise. The coup had begun two days earlier in Morocco, and word travelled quickly among the anarchists. By the time the men of the 4th Division, under General Fernandez Buriel, began their march to the central Plaza de Catalunya, the people of the Popular Front were ready. The uprising had begun in Morocco on the 17th, and all day tension had been building. Union Radio had called a general strike, and despite the refusal of the Republican government to acknowledge how deep of trouble they were in, their unions were under no illusion as to the stakes. By lunchtime on the 19th, Spain had gone through three prime ministers since breakfast, and Barcelona had defeated a coup. So what, what happens to the, are the prime ministers like, okay, you be prime minister, and you're like, oh, fuck no, I don't want to be prime minister. Or are they getting, like, killed by the fascists? Or No, no, Madrid is, is very, well, it's not very safe, it's safe. Uh, mm -hmm. They basically, your first guy uh, is like, ah, I done fucked up here, I should have uh, seen this one coming, given that I was explicitly warned about it for weeks. Uh, <laughs> he's like, peace, I'm out. Uh, second guy pops in, he's like, don't worry, guys, we can fix this. What we need to do is call the, uh, call the generals, talk it out. Uh, and it's interesting. Call the fascists. Uh, yeah, give them just just uh, like uh. reason with them. Um, mm -hmm. It's interesting because what happens is in that conversation, it's the fascist generals. I think it's Capo de Llano he calls. I can't remember. Or Godet, maybe. Maybe Godet. Anyway, it says like, you have your people and I have mine. And uh, in that moment, what's happening is a fascist general who is leading a coup is reminding an elected politician <laughs> that he has an obligation to serve the people who elected him. And, and not just to make like unilateral compromises with fascists, right? So that <laughs> the <laughs> it, it, yeah, what a country, what a time. At that moment, that second prime minister is also doomed, right? So then we we move on to number three, mm -hmm. and at that point, we open up the armories to the working class, right? Which is what they should have done earlier. In in every city where the working class is armed, the coup is defeated. In every city where it's not armed, the coup succeeds. Um, and, well, uh, that doesn't have any ramifications for today, so keep going. No, absolutely not. Um, no, and it's something that we can't learn from, uh, yeah. so we shouldn't, we shouldn't try. Um, and, and obviously, it's not a direct parallel. Uh, there are some really interesting moments in, in this particular arming of the working class. One that I had to come mm -hmm. back to is that the, uh, 
the, uh, the soldiers, right? It's obviously the, the weapons are in the hands of the military. And obviously mm-hmm. the military has just done a coup. But not all the military has just done a coup. So you have some generals or colonels who are in charge of uh, barracks um, who or armories, and they will be like, yeah, okay, I've got the order. That's what I'm going to do. I think this coup is kind of bullshit. Like, it hasn't succeeded yet. It might not succeed. Here are the rifles, union members. But in Madrid, you have another colonel who's a diehard uh, coup, coup guy, big, big mm-hmm. coup person, uh, who is in control of the bolts of the rifles. Um, so, like, it, the rifle doesn't work without the bolt, right? The bolt is the bit uh-huh. that, like, plugs a hole and makes the bullet go bang. Um, I've explained that properly, right, Robert? That's a, that's a technical terminology. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just the piece that makes the gun go bang. Yeah, so the uh, uh, bolt critical to the functioning of the rifle held by another guy who turns out to be a fash, uh, and so he doesn't issue them the bolts. So you have all these working-class militiamen being like, how rifle work with no bolt? Uh, uh-huh. And just uh, like entering the streets anyway, right? Slapping on the bayonet, now you have a pike. Uh, you have other oh people uh-huh. who have never operated a rifle before, so like allegedly everyone's calling the Socialist Union headquarters in, in Madrid, being like, do this, do that. And they're like, I can't hear shit. There's just hundreds of people behind me trying to operate the bolt on a bolt action rifle, trying to learn how to do this. And like, they're taking their newsprint from their union newspaper, right? And trying to wipe the Cosmoline off the rifles because they've been in like deep storage. It's this very evocative uh-huh. scene. Like you can smell it, you can hear it of these people being like, well, we never used these before. They've been in deep storage for a long time. They're covered in grease, but fuck it. Like, it's now or never. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it was, right? So if we go back to what happened in Barcelona, they had radios in public places, right? Which is very common. Uh, whole books about how Nazis used radios, but it's common in the 30s. Parts of the city, the paving stones had barely been relayed from October 1934's fighting, but they were quickly pulled up again. Barricades were constructed. Old rifles and pistols and the bombs that the anarchists particularly loved were dragged out of the bottom of drawers. <laughs> <laughs> These people fucking love throwing bombs. Like, uh, the, uh, just the, the, the yeah, the, there's, a, there's a lady later on in the war called Rosa la Dinamitera, like Rosa the Dynamiter, who, um, who just, like, becomes a legend, right, for just throwing dynamite at fascists. Uh, she that loses rules. that. She, yeah, she, like there's so much awesome shit that happens that gets lost because, yeah, ultimately, like Hitler and and uh, Mussolini win the Spanish Civil War, basically, right? Spoiler. Yeah. So actually, that night before the before the troops march on the city, the UGT, the Socialists, control the dock union, the dock workers mm-hmm. union, and they're like, "Hey, hang on, I'm pretty sure there's a ship in the harbor that has dynamite on it. Let's raid it." So they raid the ship. Okay. Steal the dynamite. And drive through the city distributing it to union members who spend the entire <laughs> night making bombs. <laughs> I'm sure that that went badly for several of them, but... Yeah, well, it went badly for fascists too, but... Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, almost undoubtedly. Uh, and like uh, Robert and I have talked to some people in some other contexts who have made homemade bombs. And uh, don't smoke, is what I will say. Do not smoke if you're in the process of making bombs or explosives. Oh, whatever. That's the same people who say that you can't smoke while you're fueling up your car. Yeah, cowards. Yeah. Go down like a chad. Yeah. Um, that, that's just my message to you. Uh, the other thing they did was they put on like their mono. So like a mono is like a uh, like a onesie, right? Like an overall uh, blue mono is kind of the militia uniform because they weren't an army. They were just working class people who worked at factories who were mm-hmm. not taking any shit from the army that day. Um, mm-hmm. 
and they put on their little union hats, which you can see in all the photos. They look very cool, very quaint. Um, so to understand why the conflict they fought that day began, it's probably beyond the scope of this podcast. And to understand why it ended the way it did will infuriate just about everyone listening, which is fine, but we don't have all day. Okay. If you want to know more about some of the people involved, Margaret Kildroy's podcast on Hispanic Anarchist is a great place to start. What? Yep. Okay. I thought it was wonderful. Um, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Uh, it's great podcast. really, really great. I love it. Wow. Sophie listens too. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Complete cosign. Uh, yep. You should like and subscribe. Uh, is, that, <laughs> is that still the thing? That, what, um, what was, what was that title again? To, cool people yeah. who did cool stuff? Yeah. I think so. I, that I sounds about so, right. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah, the host is brilliant. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to make be clever, but instead I'm probably blushing. <laughs> <laughs> no. You deserve it. Aww. Okay, yeah, if you want to read some books, I'm going to list some books at the end, uh, probably far <laughs> too many, because uh, this is my shit. But uh, uh, I've I also think there's written... more books written about the Spanish Civil War than... Um, well, I guess war in general, but I think anarchists have written more about the Spanish Civil War than maybe... Undoubtedly. Any, anything else combined. Yeah, the, the device we are speaking on is currently uh, propped up on a large stack of them, actually. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, most of my material possessions are anarchist books about the Spanish Civil War. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's nice. It's the way your life should be, kids. Yeah. I've written one, too. Uh, and uh, it's heinously expensive, uh, but uh, you know I'm happy with it. If uh, if you struggle to obtain it materially, please just shoot me a direct message. Uh, unless you kind of have some kind of gross disagreement because you're a fascist or something, in which case, please don't bother. Um, okay, uh, I don't know how you got this far. If you were a fascist, I guess. Uh, for now, though, Hate let's get back. Or, yeah, yeah, I yeah I probably have some. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Fuck off Nazis, I guess. I think uh, I think fewer people hate listen. I okay, my theory, I know that we mm-hmm. wanted to hear my theory about why podcasting took we off. We do. Um, is because it's harder people don't have the attention span to hate listen the same way that they can like hate skim or like <laughs> hate read tweets and reply. And so I've made a lot of different media in a lot of different ways over the past couple decades, and I get less hate mail about podcasts than most other forms. Um, So that's my theory, is that people podcast because no one wants to sit there and, like, hate listen. I mean, people, like, hate listening to clips. That's why we all listen to those, like, (laughs) clip shows where they take the right-wing person and, you know, show them saying something that we all think is not an intelligent thing to say and then we laugh or whatever. But So anyway, if you're the person who has been put on this earth to hate listen to It Could Happen Here in order to, uh, I don't know, um, make fun of it to your audience. Um, thanks for the listens, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah we're getting that, that sweet revenue. Um, I know. Well, where the, does that revenue come from? It just appears. It's like, uh, like lichen uh, oh, that grows it, on the side of a wet building. It doesn't come from, from ads? No, well, I don't think so. Ads, I don't think... ads do organically grow a lot, a lot like lichen. They just start showing up um, and replicating. We really have no choice. But yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a fact of nature. Um, yeah. If you are that person, I will say that my message is uh, stop being a Nazi. Uh, that's just me being polite.
Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine tingling shows on AE Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. On the night of the 18th, some assault guards, members of an elite paramilitary police force that was founded by, and sometimes, mostly, loyal to the Republic, went against the orders of their officers and sneaked rifles out to members of the CNT, an anarchist union. And that's pretty, uh, that's pretty based. Uh, it's the one day, as you will learn, uh, this is the one day all cops took off from being bastards. Uh, mm-hmm. Some of them, it turns out, are capable of doing the right thing, or were in 1936, I should say. Yeah, if cops were handing out rifles to anarchists, the, that would be not a parallel that I can easily imagine in the <laughs> modern context. Yes, uh, yeah, somewhat unique, right? It doesn't mean that these people had not spent the past decades killing each other. Uh, mm-hmm. It does not mean that they would not return to doing so within less than a year. Uh, but just for a day, everything was hunky-dory. Um, <laughs> it's left us <laughs> Christmas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this pretty yeah. This more or less is leftist Christmas, like uh, because there's even like uh, there's gifts. Uh, they call them proletarian shopping trips, um, but what they do is uh, requisition merchandise from stores and uh, and distribute it to people who need it. Are you just uh, are, you, are you referring to armed robbery? Is that that that's a different thing? Uh, yeah, it's, that, it's uh, only armed robbery if somebody tries to fight back. Otherwise, yeah. you just happen to be shopping with a gun. That's it. 
And what if there is no law? Is it really a crime? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. No one, no one can say. I will say that they only... It seems like they only robbed uh, the shopkeepers who were turds. Uh, okay. People who, like, lent a lot of money uh, at a very high interest rate, things like that. Um, and these proletarian shopping trips, uh, a thing oh, about I'm, which... I'm I'm not being against what happened. Oh, I'm no, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, stripping yeah. away some of the, the yeah, niceties. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. If people hadn't gathered, uh, if they weren't picking up what I was putting down, yes, it is going into a shop with guns and taking things and giving them to people who need them. Uh, yeah. Whether or not that is bad, who can say? Yeah. Uh, Robin Hood, yeah. famous villain in history. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, bad, bad dude. Uh, Sheriff of Nottingham, on the other hand, would have been big into crypto, I'm sure. <laughs> um, all around legend so when i said if there is no law i wasn't really joking uh like at this point luis compagne who's the catalan leader he's a liberal leftist politician and earlier that evening he'd refused to open the armories he realizes that things are out of his control and so he sets off for a walk uh and he walks down the rambla right if you've been to barcelona it's this big old street now it's full of the kind of restaurants that have photographs on their menus so that German people can understand what they're going to eat, um, which is much of Barcelona and American people. But yeah, uh, people who don't speak Catalan or Spanish who go to Barcelona can eat very well there for lots of money. Um, have you been on holiday? You've probably been there. I did not eat very well in Barcelona. Really? I um, had almost no money and was vegan and my Spanish was oh, abysmal and my Catalan boy. was non-existent. So I mostly uh, are... hung out and cooked yeah pasta there are, there are not a lot of cities i've been to where it's harder to eat vegan than barcelona yeah that is that is a challenge maybe yeah. belgrade <laughs> yeah where the nat where the national dish is 30 pounds of meat on a plate <laughs> yeah um yeah. sofia no sofia so i can't remember how to pronounce the name of the capital of uh, bulgaria um also a hard place to eat vegan that was hard for me oh yeah that yeah. does not surprise me yeah. yeah, yeah. Surprise meat is a big part of the uh, the Catalan cuisine. You'll be like, "Oh yeah, I'm having some lentils," and then they'll be like, "Psych, there's a pig in here." <laughs> we put a whole fucking pig in this thing. <laughs> we did reverse vegan. We made lentils out of pig. Yeah. <laughs> I just ate falafel everywhere I go. Oh, in yeah, Europe, yeah, I just yeah. Eat falafel. You, you can crush some falafel. Um, one of the Catalan national dishes is called capipota, which means mm -hmm. uh, head and foot, uh, because those are the ingredients. Nice. Uh, and it's uh, it's a bit of a pig that no one else wanted. Hmm. See, one of the American national dishes is also the uh, head and feet of face of a pig, but they call it a hot dog. At least the Catalans are honest about it. Uh, That's true. But yeah, it, it's better now to eat vegan. I'm vegan, and I was there in 2019. Uh, okay, just have, have to move among the right circles. Um, okay, but yeah, uh, on the Rambler, it would be hard. Um, so that night. Compans is walking down the Rambler. He's got his hat across his face so no one could see him and he's pulled up his collar, kind of like an old-timey private eye. Mm -hmm. And up and down the Rambler, uh, anarchists and socialists are stealing cars and welding armor plates to the front of them. Yes! Uh, yeah. Yes! <laughs> Another time-honored anarchist tradition. <laughs> yeah. King of war is the improvised technical. Um, so what they do here is weld these steel plates, right? Uh, and then they write uh, the name of the union on top, just so people can know who's killing them. Well, and so they could keep track of their stolen cars. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like, uh, yeah, you don't want anyone stealing your stolen car. Yeah, yeah. 
there comes a point in the next couple of weeks where uh, some of the more ideologically committed anarchists uh, will stop uh, or take down traffic signals because they feel they're an unwarranted restriction on individual liberty. <laughs> <laughs> There's Twitter discourse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Get on that, tankies. Yes. Um, time, time is a flat circle. Yeah, it's it's very funny. Um, I'll yeah. bet they. I bet there were was a contingent of them that were taking down libraries too for gatekeeping knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> libraries are cops. <laughs> libraries book are pigs. book prisons. Book pigs. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they burned uh, them just in a classic anarchist fashion. Or uh, we all know that libraries are better served under a free market system, like that one guy mm-hmm. tweeted. Yes, oh. Amazon should run the library, and every book should cost you ten dollars. Yep, that's uh, that's the only way we can uh, grow as a society. Um, if you don't like it, weld something to front of your truck. Also, if you have an idea that's based on a book, and Amazon owns the copyright, they now own the idea. That's the only mm-hmm. thing that's fair. No thinking yep. without proper copyright. Is it okay anyway. to use words if Jeffrey Bezos already owns words? No. Do, does that mean I, that we're going to be fighting the next? one of these situations with uh, uh, instead of spray painting CNT, someone's going to come by and spray paint Amazon Basics onto mm-hmm. them with a third choice. <laughs> I'm doing that tonight. I will be up armoring my truck as, yeah. as soon as we're finished. Yeah. And uh, spray painting Amazon Basics and then uh, just going to the beach after that. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, what they spray painted on them, there was CNT, there was UGT, there was FI. Um, these are CNT. Uh, Confederación Nacional de Trabajo, right? A national labor confederation. This is an anarcho-syndicalist union. Uh, FI, uh, Federación Anarquista Iberia, is the uh, Iberian Anarchist Federation. They're a group within the CNT that is more committed to a hardline ideological ideological, uh, anarchism. The UGT are a socialist union. Uh, you have other groups too. Uh, the Poom is probably the only other one you need to know. They are not Trotskyites. Trotskyites. Anyone who tells you they are either doesn't know what they're talking about or is consciously misleading you. Um, they were in open beef with Trotsky, right? Like that, there are they are writing letters uh, to Trotsky, beefing about whether they should exist, uh, which Trotsky is is a no on that question. Um, so, yeah, they're not Trotskyists. They just get called Trotskyists by Stalinists because everyone who they don't like is a Stalinist, right? But they are mm-hmm. anti-Stalinist Marxists, um, is what I would call them. Uh, okay. What some folks do, though, uh, is they paint UHP on top of their cars. Uh, Unidos Hermanos Proletarios, I think it stands for. Uh, um, United Proletarian Siblings, I guess. And that's important, right? Because... These groups had been fighting among themselves and with each other for a very long time uh, and, and, and having like what appear today to be kind of comical beefs about inconsequential things. But um, they were important. And, and, you know, this ideological commitment is what gets them through this period of time. But the UHP comes from Asturias, where anarchists and socialists had come together to fight against the state. Right, to fight uh, as part of a miners' strike. Uh, miners' particular love for dynamite, by the way. Um, and that's that how they. Makes sense. Yeah, kings of the dynamite throw. Um, that, that's how they dealt with the local garrison, really. Uh, and uh, actually, the first use of a combat helicopter was against uh, the Popular Front, the UHP, in Asturias. And that strike was eventually put down by one Francisco Franco, who we'll learn about later. Nice guy. No 
problems with him. That's a lie. Uh, what? Yeah, shocking, I know. Turns out to be a total turd huh. of a human being. Yeah, but he was a... Up. Wasn't he... Um, oh, no, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Wasn't he like some sort of vaguely... Wasn't he like a right-wing syndicalist for a while? Yeah, he had all kinds of sort of... Uh, I don't think Franco had any convinced political views other than like that he wanted to be in charge. But yes, he was. Uh, okay. Uh, like a radical syndicalist. Um, oh, I said right-wing yes. syndicalist, but... Yeah, no, but... Uh, yeah. So a, a number of officers. I don't know if Franco was with the, but there, there were like I don't know. a group called the I, I Radical Party who were. Oh, not radical. okay, I see. Um, I'm not sure if Franco was one. Now that I think about it, I try not to learn too much about the person of, of Francisco Franco because he is a turd. Mm. He he does pivot. And he pivots when he's in power, right? From like a sort of more totalitarian project to this national Catholic project uh, to this, this sort of uh, yeah, he's a problematic dude. Uh, with, with yeah, with no clear ideology other than he should be in power and he doesn't care who he has to roll over to get there. Um, That's a common political ideology. It is, yeah. It pops up a lot on the right. Uh, something, something there with dudes on the right that maybe we should think about. Uh, oh. No, it's never happened again, and, and never in this country, okay. of course. Okay, fortunately. That, that's, that's our uh, saying. It could never happen right where we are. Yeah. That's, yeah, not in my backyard. That's the real name of the show, right? <laughs> yeah, America is different. I think is the uh, subtitle and, and special. <laughs> uh, okay, oh. so <laughs> sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I'm just sad. That, yeah. Anyway, uh-huh. yeah. The people in Barcelona that day were even more numerous and diverse than the already bustling city was used to. The 19th of July was slated to be the start of the largest anti-fascist spectacle the world had ever seen. And that's a direct quote uh, from a publicity article about the Popular Olympics, right? Uh, as I said, these games aim to show the strengths of the Popular Front with a series of events. Some of those events are the ones you might expect, uh, but some of these events were designed to reward nations with a healthy working class rather than nations with a few exceptional athletes, right? So we look at the Olympics today, uh, it, having one or two exceptional athletes, especially in certain areas, can like vault you to the top of the medal table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, medal table, of course, invented by the Nazis to illustrate eugenics. Uh, Whoa, really? So, yeah, yeah. Before Almost 36, the, there was no Olympics table? Uh, not in the or formal way that we see it now. Uh, so much of the pageantry that we associate with the Olympic Games uh, was uh, invented by Carl Diem. Uh the torch relay, uh, the parade of flags in the opening ceremony. Like, yeah, the, the Olympics are fucking Nuremberg, like with the rainbow rings. It, it's wild how much of that shit is cribbed straight from Nazi pageantry. Cool. Um, the book called The Nazi Games, pretty good on that if you want to read it. Um, lots of books about the 30, 36 Olympics, but yeah. Um, I should just acknowledge that the... Uh, the uh, the International Olympic Committee did fund a lot of my research. <laughs> uh, and for reasons that may be becoming clear, have since ceased. Uh, also, they just didn't think I was very good, I guess. But uh, anyway, uh, institution that has some shit to deal with that it hasn't dealt with, I mm-hmm. will say. Um, and it, yeah, it was on its bullshit heavily in 1936, right? Um, so one of the things they did at the Popular Olympics was they had a 10 by 100 meter relay. And it's just like, uh, I don't know, do Americans have school sports days? Yes. I try to, I I don't remember anything about uh, public school sporting events. Okay. 
uh, at the risk of uh, sort of unveiling more trauma. Uh, what happens here? <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, what happens here is that uh, you line up right in groups of five, and you just run back and forth, uh, passing a bat on to each other, um, much like school sports day. With the caveat being that the people in this event had to already be entered in other events at the games. Um, so, like, you just get, like, weightlifters. And uh, there was a chess event at the games, right? So you get the chess mm-hmm. athletes. Uh, and they're just hauling ass as fast as their uh, chess-playing legs can carry them mm-hmm. uh, back and forth to prove the, uh, like, superior health of their nation's working class. Can we call Which them chess, is a- chess, chess leads? Chess fleets? Yeah. Chess leads. Chess leads, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I really saved that one. Yeah, you pulled it back. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Yeah, um, yeah they uh, they didn't have any mathletes. Uh, yeah, sadly. Yeah, they did have people who built human castles. That was another event. Um, wait, really? But, wait, wait, wait! A castle made out of humans? Whoa! Wait! You are not familiar with castles, the uh, like the, the great Catalan tradition of building human towers. No. No. Okay. Like pivot. Uh, so it's fucked now. Uh, one of my friends wrote her PhD on these. Uh, Holy they, shit! About yeah. something that they just made you up can... just now. <laughs> Listen, okay. A, you can write your history PhD about literally anything as long as no one else has written it before. That is the, <laughs> the sine qua non of history PhDs. Uh, and, uh, I wrote my PhD about the anti for Olympics, right? I wrote my master's about proletarian shopping trips. Uh, and, <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Um at the time. Uh the yeah, so castells, right? You you get your people at the bottom, right? And they they'll sort of wrap a ribbon around their waist and then they uh, they often bite the corners of their shirt. I'm aware that I'm biting my shirt and this is mainly an audio medium. Um but uh they'll wrap their hands over the other people, right? Uh men and women, non-binary people I'm sure too, they form a big old circle. And then the next layer climb up them. Right. And stand on top of them. There's slightly fewer people and the people get smaller and the layers have fewer people in them, like concentric circles. Right. As you get higher and higher. Uh, and then a small child wearing always a horse riding helmet for reasons that are not entirely clear ascends. And this shit is high. Like if you're standing on your balcony, like you are eye to eye with this fucking toddler uh, who climbs up the top, get to the top, like arm in the air and then climbs back down. Um and, and these groups and people do, do this in the people world. do this all the time yeah uh, look <laughs> america's national sport is is this thing where like uh, young young men give each other brain damage so like, oh i'm not anti this i'm i'm <laughs> yeah. just uh, it yeah. what I, i'm actually impressed by it because we do the human pyramid thing which is the same thing only not nearly as impressive or interesting no i uh, check out castells um the uh, the cool thing about them is they exist within communities, right? These calls, uh, these like, groups of castilleros are, are groups of people who do this uh, from a neighborhood, right? So they'll, they'll all be from a certain town. Uh, like mm-hmm. the Tarragona group was the one near me. And uh, my friend's dissertation, Ida Ribot's her name, you can probably look it up, um, uh, it was about like how this, this practice has been integral into uh, incorporating migrants into Catalanness, right? Like Catalan identity by being like, yeah, come and uh, come and stand on us or be stood on by us, and you too can be Catalan. Oh, that seems like that would, uh, yeah, that would bring a community closer together into a heap on the ground. Yeah, and it has all kinds of other uses, right? A cat stuck up a tree, just call those guys. Um, yeah, want to rob a house? Yeah, 
famously led as a band in Catalonia uh, because they're for cowards. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, just yeah. all day castells. Um, but yeah, this was part of the Popular Olympics, right? Uh, human castles. So uh, I'm glad we went there uh, mm-hmm. for everyone yeah. who didn't know. People yeah. Googling that. It's part of like the uh, UN, like United Nations Protected Human Patrimony or something. Like it's, uh, it's, it's, it's important. Um, so do you ever just like make up stuff to tell Americans about? <laughs> and, then, and then we believe you because you have an accent? Uh, I mean, we have an accent too, sure, but like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luckily, your accents are all neutral and vanilla. uh, Yeah, yeah, exactly. The unmarked voice. Yeah, yeah. Uh Um, uh, Let me know. I did, I think I've told this story on the internet before, but uh, one time I uh, was giving a talk about diabetes in the Bronx and I asked if this kid wanted to... uh, I asked these kids if they wanted to ask any questions and this young woman, itching to ask a question, just goes... Do you guys really have pies with meat in them? <laughs> like, like, as if she'd been <laughs> misled her whole life. And I was able to confirm that for her. And I Savory pies, like, fucked me up when I was in France. I was completely unprepared for the existence of these things. I volunteered to cook for a bunch of... Um, a bunch of activists who were busy having their meeting. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll come cook for you. And I figured I would just, like, show up and make pasta or burritos because I'm an American. And they gave me a, a le menu. And on it was a tarte de legume. And I was like, I know what those words mean. That means <laughs> pie vegetables. And that isn't, that doesn't exist. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Um, this is not a very interesting story. And now everyone's heard it. But oh, well. I, I learned how to make a vegetable pie on no notice because that was what the menu insisted upon. And yeah, I, I feel for this person in the Bronx who wasn't convinced that you were telling the truth about meat pies yeah i'm if they're listening i was i promise uh look it up now they've got google yeah the lesson we've learned there is don't cook for french people Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.
Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. So at the games, uh, one of the cool things is that nations compete instead of states, right? And we can fucking go off on the difference between nations and states. Uh, mm-hmm. A state is the entity the, that uh, has political control and exercises a monopoly on legitimate violence in a geographic area. A nation is an imagined community that exists across space and time. That's the shortest I'm going to do that, and I'm not going to say anything okay. more. What's a country uh, between those? Uh, a country is essentially it's a geographical area that a state controls. Okay, cool. But sometimes it's mapped onto nation as well, right? Like uh, Catalonia being a good example. But for f- most of the time, people use it synonymously with state. Um, yeah. So uh, countries aren't competing. Nations are, right? The exiled Jews of Europe are competing, right? Because if you're Jewish and it's 1936, you don't want to fucking go, like, march in there with the German flag, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, it doesn't feel good. Yeah. Uh, like negative vibes. So they don't do that. They're, they are the exiled Jews, right? Um, the uh, anti-fascists who are exiled from Germany and Italy, they also come in with their own different flags, right? Um, initially, there was some up rumblings about the NAACP sort of competing, uh, but in the end, the United States team, uh, which is made up of trade unionists, uh, had uh, black and white folks on it. Um, the organizers were actually so invested in, like, um, the, I guess including oppressed black people from the United States mm-hmm. within the remit of people uh, who sort of uh, anti-fascism wanted to advocate for. that, And they threw this whole Olympics together in like three or four months. It was shoestring budget. It's funded by the French government, the Spanish government, the Catalan government, individual donors, and some trade unions from Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, and they took their very sparse money and were like, we will pay your way. Uh, if you if your black people from America want to come over here, because we understand it's shit over there, uh, and if you want to come and play with us, then that's fine. Which um, is a cool like I, fuck you to the fact that because the whole Olympics is a fuck you to to Nazi Germany, right? And so it's cool that it also was like and fuck you to racism in the United States. Also, like I like that. Yeah, and like it's also worth noting actually. Like while we're saying fuck you to the Nazis, and uh, that like the people at the popular Olympics like ran faster, jumped higher, were stronger. Uh, like the Olympics were wow. extremely gatekept by class. Uh, we see the we see that kind of crumbling, like with your with your man Jesse Owens and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? But uh, it, 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 at this point, there were still workers' sports and bourgeois sports, and bourgeois sports went to the Olympics, right? Like uh, the Olympics still had an amateurism rule: if you got paid for exercising, you couldn't go. Uh, and so, yeah, which meant that like working class people, right? Like if you don't get paid time off, and no one gets fucking yeah. paid time off, it's 1936, then uh, they can't go and compete, right? Like if even if you work full time and I say, hey, Margaret, I'll pay for a couple of weeks, you know, I'll make sure I take care of your rent so you can go and do the Olympics. Nope. Uh, if you run a benefit race after the Olympics, they will take your medal away. Holy uh, shit. I think it was Tom Longboat who they did that to. They do that a whole lot to people who aren't white, shockingly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Olympics, not great, actually. Maybe we'll do a whole left bird on how the Olympics do, do some bad shit. Um, but yeah, these people come from America, right? Uh, 
on the team is Charlie Burley. Uh, Charlie Burley goes on to be kind of a legendary uh, boxer, right? He's a biracial man uh, from Pennsylvania. Uh, and Dot Tucker, uh, she's a black woman. Uh, she ran her union in the Bronx, uh, and she ran the 100 meters as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, fucking plan that one out. Yeah. Uh, I love a good you. written into the script, uh, like planned out. It's good. Don't we that all? It sounds sarcastic, yeah. but I, I actually mean it really honestly. No, it's good. you can appreciate the joy. Uh, yeah. that I'm feeling right now. Yeah. Um, so uh, that game brings 20,000 anti-fascists to Barcelona, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are watching. Some of them are, are competing. Uh, some of them are staying in hotels. The Hotel Olympic is where most of them stay, but they ran out of space. So about two weeks before the games, they went around random houses and were like, hey, can you have somewhere to stay? Uh, so lots of the athletes are just like crashing <laughs> with people. Uh-huh. Um it's kind of cool. If you go to the archive in Barcelona, you can see the little forms where they'd go up to a house and be like, okay, this person has two beds and they can take care of breakfast and that's two athletes who can stay here. Uh, they, they went door to door. Yeah, it's heartbreaking seeing that shit and then knowing what happened. Um, oh, I was but, just thinking uh, it was like a better way to... Um, oh, yeah. Like that's what Airbnb should be, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, anarchist Airbnb. Um, yeah. If we compare this to the Berlin Olympic Village... Uh, mm-hmm. where the Condor Legion stayed before they headed off to bomb people in Spain. Uh, cool. We will see that one side is better than the other side. Um, yeah. So these people are staying all across Barcelona, right? They trained in the stadium the day before. They're distributed all around the city. So on the morning of the 19th, Raquetes, uh, these are kind of hardcore Catholic conservatives. Um, they report to the San Andreu barracks outside of Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, at the Pedralbe's barracks, officers get their troops up, I think it's at four in the morning, serve them a ration of rum uh, for breakfast uh, and tell them that there's been an anarchist uprising in the city that they have to put down. And so they send them... a lie, right? This is a lie. Yeah, the uprising is in fact what they are doing as they march into the city. Um, It's telling Uh that they lie because the troops are conscripts and are not really bought into their nationalist crusade at this point. Um, yeah. Uh, and it's worth always remembering that like working class people get trapped up in wars often not by their own choosing. Well, so it's kind of like how they're like, you have to go out and fight Antifa. You have to go out and do a coup against the United States because otherwise Antifa, who are all Stalinists, are going to turn the U.S. into the USSR. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, uh, yeah they're... they're there's no parallel. No, that's that's not a parallel. Sorry. Oh, uh, okay. No, it, it could never sorry. happen okay. here. Okay. And that's a, that's our big message for today. Yeah. So these guys they start heading down Avenida Diagonal, right towards Plaza Catalunya at the heart of the city. The cavalry are on a different street, Calle Tarragona. There are dragoons on a different street. Uh, they leave a little later uh, because the Spanish army is something of a clusterfuck, and they all plan to join up, but they never did. Instead, okay. all across the city, sirens sound the alarm in factories. Um, and where these troops have been planning to meet up with one another, they met up with sniper fire and those homemade bombs we talked about. Yeah. Yeah. This is where shit gets, gets good. Uh, at the barricades, they met men and women armed with everything from modern machine pistols to blunderbusses and slingshots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The blunderbusses okay. are pretty cool. You can find some pictures. Um, many troops were forced back into their barracks. Some made it as far as a telephone exchange and the hotels Ritz and Cologne in the middle of the city. What the troops, who are incredibly poorly trained conscripts with little or no combat experience and even less willingness to fight, ran into, was the most unlikely of alliances. 
Catalonia's nationalists had governed the autonomous region since the Declaration of the Republic in 1931. They formed a broad leftist alliance called the Esquerra Republicana de Catalunya. That means Catalan Republican Left. I'll just call them the ERC to avoid the... It's a bit of an alphabet soup, but mm -hmm. uh, I'll try and explain where I need to. Uh, so before the Popular Front existed, they're kind of a proto-Popular Front. They combine liberal and leftist parties um, who share agreement on autonomous and progressive Catalonia. And they tend to be either aligned with or to the left of the government in Madrid, most often to the mm -hmm. left of. Um, they don't have the support of the anarchists, right? That's important. Um, Luis Companz, who's the uh, the leader, right, the, um, the Catalan leader of the Generalitat at that point, has been a lawyer for the anarchists before, so he may have more personal support than a party as a whole has among the anarchists. Um, for decades, right, the police in Barcelona have acted on behalf of capital against labour. Um, they do violence for the people who own stuff against people who make stuff. And even under the Republic, this had continued, right? They called it mm -hmm. the Republic of Order. Um, but Margaret, I think you covered the, uh, like the pistolerismo, right? The, the years of the pistol in the 1920s. Yeah, yeah, a bit. Um, it was, yeah, they liked shooting the anarchists in order to yeah. bring about order. They And they it wasn't like a legal thing. They weren't like, oh, it's our legal strategy. It was just a like, we're in charge, so we will assassinate the anarchists. And then the other thing that like, I feel like is like worth thinking about because if, if someone's hearing, you might be like, well, why does the government care if the anarchists are on their side? And it's, to my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, the anarchists are like a huge chunk of the working class of Barcelona at this point. So it's like, yeah. they actually do care because yeah. it's a huge, huge swaths of people. The anarchists by the end of the night will own the city, right? And, and they have always been the majority of the Catalan working class in this period. Mm -hmm. um, they they control the way elections go, right? When the anarchists abstain, then the right wins. When the anarchists, <laughs> they don't say don't vote. Like they they don't like they're not like yeah go vote. They're like they don't maybe consider not abstaining. Uh, then then the, the popular front wins, right? Um, uh -huh. they, yeah, it's very funny how they how they use words. Uh, but yeah, the, the anarchists are the working class for the for the. Most of the most of the industries, most of the unions are anarcho syndicalists, right? So if you don't okay. have to support the anarchists, you don't have to support the working class. Okay. Um, yeah, in the twenties, uh, the cops killed the anarchists. The anarchists killed the cops, right? Uh, this is how we get uh, the famous affinity groups, right? Uh, los Solidarios, los Quijotes del Ideal, and uh, Nosotros being some famous ones, right? And we'll talk about them a little bit in the next episode, how that works and what they mean. Uh, so. In 1931, the Declaration of Republic was a massive boost for the anarchists. Um, more people joined anarchist unions. They felt safer doing so. Uh, Primo de Rivera, the previous dictator, had been very harsh on anarchists. Uh, they actually briefly, in the Alt Jobregat, secured uh, like libertarian socialism. They just took over some towns. Uh, and uh, like they, they, they uh, seized weapons from the cops and abolished currency for a week uh, and, and it was just like, yeah, it's on. It, it's anarchism. Yeah. Um, so for fi five days, Figols belonged to the people of Figols. Um, and this is before, but, This is we're talking about before the uh, the coup and all of that. Yeah, this is in 1932. So the yeah. Republic begins in 1931. So yeah. uh, there's a number of these. Like early on in the Republic, when the state is less violently postured towards anarchism, the anarchists really fucking send it. Um, you see right. it in Casas Viejas, you see it in Figols. Um, so yeah, they more people join because they feel safe for joining and that leads to more open conflict with with the sort of civil order i guess mm -hmm. but with the 
threat of fascism looming, the CNT establishes defense committees. Uh, and these become like a quick reaction force for the city, right? So by the time the troops leave their barracks, activists within the CNT were ready for them. Barcelona's Raval, the densely populated district just off the more tourist-friendly Rambler, had become known as a Bari Chinez. Um, that means Chinatown. <laughs> Not because Chinese people or people of any Asian extraction live there. Uh, that's because they watched gangster movies about Chicago's Chinatown, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're, we can go that hard. Uh, <laughs> okay. So they just, they just called it that. Uh, Chris Elam has a great book on the construction of Chinatown. Uh, now, people have been shooting each other in those streets for decades, right? But uh, mm. for once, everyone in the Raval was pointing their guns out. Every balcony in the Raval becomes a sniper's nest. And by the time the sun came up, it was an impenetrable fortress of the working class. And, cool. and at this time, the state would find itself begging the anarchists for support and not the other way around. And cool. I think that's maybe where we'll end it today uh, so that people can be sort of teetering on the edge of their seats to know what happens next. But thank you very much for joining me, Margaret. Um, yeah. Would you like to plug anything? Do you have any pluggables? Uh, well, I have a book that's available for pre-order. It's called We Won't Be Here Tomorrow. And if you like... Um, trans woman who robs guys and then feeds them to her mermaid lover or you like the um the dead in valhalla coming back and joining in an american civil war to fight against nazis then you might like this book um actually i think i read that story on this podcast this the, mm -hmm. <laughs> the yeah, you did. viking you one did. Um, you fucking ruined the next episode because that's what happened as well. I know, I know. Well, yeah. actually, oh, well. there's a different um, story that I didn't write. I think, oh no, there's one about um, uh, velociraptors in the Spanish <laughs> Civil War. Um, that <laughs> okay. That um, anyway, that's completely unrelated. Okay, so that is where you. I'm. That book is currently available for pre-order, and if you get it from AK Press or a couple other different independent bookstores. Then it comes with a free art print that comes from the book. And so if you like that, you could consider getting it or ask your library to get it. And you can follow me on the internet at Magpie Killjoy on Twitter and Margaret Killjoy on Instagram. That's you my pluggables. I have a podcast. I do. I actually have two podcasts. I, I have a podcast called Live Like the World is Dying, which is an individual and community preparedness podcast. And I also have a podcast on this very network. Really? Um, I do. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, cool. you, you all haven't noticed it yet. I've just been kind of uploading my stuff without checking with you all. Uh, called Cool People Who Did Cool Stuff, which is all about history, but in a fun way about stuff that's cool. Yay. I'm excited. I'm going to get this dirt right now. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.